Smarties, there are three phases to educational therapy. In episode 37, called How Educational Therapy Works, we talk about our framework, how we work with clients at CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills with me, Rachel, and my ed therapist in Redondo Beach, California with Steph. In our framework, we talk about the assessment phase where we learn what's going on with the student and their main pain points, the building phase where we start implementing strategies to support independence, and the competency phase where students are more independent and autonomous and self-selecting while implementing their own strategies. One of the strategies that becomes really important in the building and competency phases of educational therapy are backup plans, where we teach how important these little insurance policies are and build in redundancies. In this episode, we chat about our five favorite backup plans. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast hi smarties welcome to episode 42 of learn smarter the educational therapy podcast i'm stephanie pitts and i'm rachel cap smarties we spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about how to plan ahead and build in systems so that students can start flourishing academically And one topic we really haven't discussed is how we help students develop a backup plan in the building phase of educational therapy. Redundancies are important. Expecting plans to change is also important. Being able to be flexible and roll with the punches and know how to rebound when life gets in the way of the plan you set in place is really important. This episode could have been titled, Plan for the Best, But Expect the Worst. We're not pessimists, but we do know that unexpected things come up and plans have to shift. How you plan for those shifts is what's important. So before we really dig into the content of this episode, staff, we're recording on a Friday. We both are feeling tired. I'm in jammies, right? (laughs) Yes, you are. But I know that you saw Milkshake Girl yesterday. I did. So can you give us an update. How did that go? Yeah. And I haven't even told you yet. So Smarties, we were out of town a lot of this week, Rachel and I. We were, not you and Milkshake Girl. (laughs) Yeah. Rachel and I were. And I got a lot of emails all of a sudden about Milkshake Girl and not getting in assignments. Can I ask you a question about that specific piece? Because I think that's something we've never talked about Mm -hmm. is that when we get those panicked emails, we go there too emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever we're doing, it's why we have to be pretty firm about our email boundaries and when we check email. But it was working hours. So we were both checking our email and checking in with clients. And yeah, I was there with you when you got those emails. My heart sank for Milkshake Girl, for you, yeah, for me, because I'm so invested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, it was like one of those split moments I need to check just in case. And then I saw, but I, I didn't actually have time to deal with it. And what could you have done? Really nothing nothing at that moment. We weren't in a place in a situation where I could have like sat down and actually created a thoughtful response. No. So that being said, there was a breakdown in a couple of classes and a couple of teachers emailed saying that things were not done up to standard and things that were missing. And last night she came in and she sat down and she just looked at me and I said, what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah. 
I do that a lot. <laughs> she got really worried and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, well, listen, I'm not mad, but let's talk this out. What happened? Where did the plans fall through? And how could we set up a different plan? Yeah. So she was really honest with me about a couple of things. I'm not sure if there was a teacher mistake or not. She claims that there was. And I had her email the teacher in session and CC me. Love it. To clarify. For clarity's mm-hmm. sake. Mm-hmm. By the way, sometimes when I take that action step and that's what a student is telling me, the teacher made a mistake. Yeah. The second I go, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and email them and follow up about that. Suddenly the whole story. The comes- whole story changes. Yeah. She stuck with her story. And I asked her several times, are you lying to me? And she said, no, 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 no. So we emailed the teacher and I'm on that email. So she CC'd me. Yeah. And... Then this is the following morning, so I haven't actually seen if there's a response or not. But then we also talked about one of the classes that has become really rough for her is Spanish. Spanish homework isn't every day, and there is Spanish homework due on Monday. Every Monday, the Spanish homework is due. Yes, I think so. That's the trend that I'm noticing, and it seems like that's the homework that she forgets to do. Conveniently forgets to do, right? Uh Because it's hard. So we talked about what was pulling her and like she's got things that she wants to do and whatnot. And TV is a big pull for her. She's in the middle of several seasons of things and she wanted to watch it. Oh, my God. Milkshake Girl is a girl after my – She's your girl. I told her that too. (laughs) How many times have we been like – we have a plan to record or write for this podcast. I'm like, Steph, I need 15 minutes because I got to finish my show. Yeah, you have to finish right? your show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I told her how the other night I went in the jacuzzi and you you watched something on the iPad. So she appreciated that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, a little clarity on this. We were at a work event and I had insisted that we stay at a hotel with the jacuzzi, right? But I don't want to do any of the research for it, right? So I like give out this proclamation don't present me with any options. Just make sure that there's a jacuzzi there and I'll pay for it. As long as I don't have to do any action steps on it, right? Like, you handle that. Yes, I did. We live in Southern California. So to me, I, I never have to really think about the time of year. It's always going to be jacuzzi weather <laughs> here. But it had been raining and it was really cold, was cold. for my thin California blood. Yeah, it was cold. And I also was finishing up season eight of Top Chef. I had literally one and a half episodes to go. And by the way, Adam is so ready for me to be done watching Top Chef because this has probably been eight weeks, right? (laughs) I've watched season four, five, six, seven, and eight. (laughs) Not in that order. But... I, well, this is kind of your fault, too, because you told me to watch Top I Chef, and another to friend yeah. had said that at the exact same moment. Anyway, yeah, I needed to stay in the room yeah. and eat our room service chicken fingers, Yeah, and you went into jacuzzi for like I did. 10 minutes because it was freezing. <laughs> well, they turned off the jets, yeah. so that's really why I came back up, because I was sad about that. But anyway, going back to Milkshake Girl, Yeah. so... She said, I'm going to do something to make you very happy. And I said, okay, great. I love that. (laughs) So she changed her iPad screensaver that said, no TV before homework. Oh. (laughs) She changed the screen and it says that. (laughs) And I said, that does make me happy. And she was really proud of herself. It was really really funny. funny. 
How endearing. That's so sweet. We set up a time for 30 on Sundays for her to start homework because it's a school night. And an alarm is going to go off saying, do your Spanish homework first. Yes. Since this is a little deviation from doing the hardest thing first, because at the moment, even though the subject isn't hard, the actual physical practice of doing this subject is hard Mm -hmm. for her and to remember to do it. So she's going to start with Spanish homework on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So the other little thing I added in, which I don't normally do, but I want to get her over the hill of being able to accomplish this task is... I set an alarm in my phone, and I am going to message her and make sure it's done for the next couple of weeks. So this is what I was actually thinking in my head, because I will do this as well for clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not often, because my job is not for them to rely on me when I'm not there. Yeah. But there have been times where a client can't find something, and I go, okay, cool. I'm going to set an alarm. What time can I expect your text about where it is? And they pick a time, and then it's usually within the hour of them arriving home after our session. And then I just, they get that question mark text from me. It's true. So it's going to go off at 5 o'clock on Sunday that I need to check with her. And so I'm going to do it for a little while and see if we can get her over the hill of getting all of her homework in. She's so close. She had gone for several weeks. I think she did two full weeks or maybe two and a half weeks of every assignment in. So... She's so close. So this is something that I, I'm sure we've talked about before. And if you've ever been to a construction site and they have that sign on the construction site that says X amount of days since last injury, right? Mm-hmm. And the goal is for mm-hmm. that number to be big. And then when it gets reset, it's like that big zero and it's just a bummer. Yeah. I give that visual to parents a lot. Because I know that there were emails probably with mom too. Because mm-hmm. when these things happen... And it reminds us of how often it used to happen before. Parents and us start to worry that, oh, no, we're backsliding and it's a trend. It's not necessarily a trend because before it used to happen every other day, every day. Yeah. Everything was constantly behind. And now you're telling me that she went potentially 13, 14 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she earned a couple of milkshakes. That's the victory of this. She may never get to the point where it's a thousand days. Yeah. Before missing an assignment, right? But if you can think of that construction worker sign, that's a really good tool for parents to give them that visual because it provides them with the perspective that they can't have. We talked about this and she sort of came up with this idea. We have a backup plan for this backup plan. I love it. So if this doesn't work, iPad goes away and she's doing all of her work on the computer in the middle of the house where everybody can see. Fair. So, and she knows it's coming if she can't stick to it. So that's why we decided to do this episode. Like you always have to have backup plans. Because you and I talk about the redundancies that we build in for our clients all the time. But it was fun for us to sit down and write this episode because I don't think we've ever written out a list of all these different strategies that we've done. Have we? No, I don't think so either. Yeah. So it's good. So let's dig into it. We have five of our favorite backup plans. Another thing that I like to call this are the insurance policies. Yeah. Depends on the age of the student, if they understand that terminology. But it's about always having a backup plan. And then, like you said, Steph, having a backup plan for a backup plan. So number one, calendar failures happen. They do. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Two weeks ago, I was meeting with a mentor of ours, 
I thought it was on Thursday. I wrote it down on my calendar for Thursday. And I got a text from her on Tuesday. You guys, you know that sinking feeling mm-hmm. when you realize you messed up. And then you go back and you look at the email exchange and you're like, oh, this was just me being perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. And I actually ran into her the other day and she couldn't have been lovelier about it. Mm, that's good. And then shared with me one of her calendar failures. Yeah. We all have them. We do. I have a hard time being compassionate with myself. I'm way more compassionate with you, Steph, than I am with myself. And I'm working on that. We're learning. Yeah. So one of the things that we tell our students is we emphasize the calendar. I think we probably talk about having a calendar in every episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. But also we acknowledge that calendar failures happen. And here are a couple of ways to mitigate that. Mm -hmm. The first is to plan in a buffer day. So we talk about buffer days in episodes three and four, probably, of the do's and don'ts in studying and how to create a study plan. We will link it in the show notes. I see Steph going to write that down right now. (laughs) This is, I love how... (laughs) <laughs> We're so back and forth. I don't even need to say. You knew I was going to say it. Yeah. A buffer day is when you literally trick yourself and tell yourself that a paper or a test, something that requires revisiting over a longer period of time, is the day before it's actually due. So if the test is on Friday, we act as if the test is on Thursday. Yeah. And we plan as if the test is on Thursday, meaning if it's assigned Monday, we only plan for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday is the buffer day. If some sort of failure happens Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, no big deal. You still have an extra night. And if you're able to manage Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and you're successful, Thursday is a quick study. Mm-hmm. Thursday is a quick review. This is something that we do all the time. We set deadlines for ourselves on producing these episodes. Yeah. So that we have a little bit of a buffer between when we record versus when these episodes come out. I know I'm going to be traveling at the end of March. We're planning ahead for that now. And then Steph's traveling the following week, right? Are you going? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll see. And so we're going to act as if. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I had a student yesterday who came in that has a project due on a Tuesday, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And of course, middle schooler, she wrote it down on the day it was assigned and didn't have it in her calendar for the day that was coming up. Oh, no. So I said to her, that project needs to be done on Sunday. Uh-huh. And she looked at me with these eyes of, huh, okay. You know, and then we talked about why uh-huh. and not leaving things for Monday night when you don't, you can't predict what homework you're going to get Monday night. Uh-huh. So don't assume that you're going to have a bunch of time and you can just do it. So this is also true, not to interrupt. I'm trying yeah. to work on interrupting, but this is also true for students who think they have it handled. Yeah. Students who think they have it handled. I just had a conversation with a parent and she was like, my kid was going to repurpose a paper from eighth grade. He's in 10th. Mm-hmm. And he thought he could do it the night before. First of all, genius to repurpose content. Uh, absolutely. No issue with that. But he failed to look at it two, three days in advance. It's one of the reasons I like to start things with clients, not necessarily finish them, because at least they have to mentally engage with the material and whatever their plan is. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes when they do that step, they realize how much more time they actually need, or they realize they're in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. And so starting as far in advance as a student can tolerate, and that's something we can control in session, right? Yeah, yeah. The other big thing having to do with calendar is not having all of your assignments and everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the time. Everything needs to be in one place. So 
students that come in with little pieces of paper with this assignment in that notebook and this assignment (laughs) in that notebook. And you lose track of it so easily. And they can't remember everything all the time. So And they lose these little pieces of paper. Yeah, they lose it and and whatnot. You know, when I have the kids first come in session, I literally say, write out everything that you can remember and then we'll double check it online because I want them to see how much their memory fails them. I think that's really smart. I'm going to start doing that. You're teaching them consistently. Your memory is unreliable. But go ahead and try. Exactly. Yeah. And every time, oh, there's that. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. that. Oh, you know, every single time. Or, oh, I thought that was due on Thursday, but it's actually due tomorrow. You know, that it happens every single time. How do you catalog that for them? You just talk to them about it? Yeah, I do. See what happened? Your memory is tricking you. It's I'm trying to take the blame away from the kid and blame it on the memory, that it's your memory. It's not your fault. Yes. And so your memory plays tricks. Yes. Don't let it trick you. You don't want to be tricked by it. Nope. So yeah, I tend to use Post-its. We both love Post-its. Mm-hmm. And I use them very specifically. If a kid has a paper planner and there's no room, you know, which happens all the time, I will have them create a Post-it for today and put it in mm-hmm. the box <laughs> in the planner of what they're going to do. It's their to-do list as opposed to what is happening today. Exactly. It's their to-do list, and they have written out how long it's going to take them. And it's still in the planner. You're still reconciling it with everything else that's going on in their lives. This is one of the reasons I don't like it when students create a list on their phone, because then we have to do the whole checking back and forth, and it ends up being just put everything in your planner so we can see what's actually happening. Right, exactly. Sometimes it's complicated with some of the kids in schools, the way they do things. So this is just my own little fix for some things. Especially if a kid has to use a paper planner. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids know. I have different sizes. If we're working on math, they have to add up the minutes. (laughs) If we're working on time management, they have to plan out their night. All of those things. Our second backup plan that we love is taking pictures of assignments before you take it back to school. I love it. We do this a lot, especially when you have a student who struggles with executive functioning. A complaint that we hear a lot is from our students, from our learners, is they did the assignment, but they didn't turn it in, which is why my new favorite phrase of 2019 is the assignment is not done until it's in the teacher's hands. Yeah. It's true. Because oftentimes we'll be reconciling their calendar at the beginning of session. It's the first thing they're doing. And Mm -hmm. they don't want to write something down because they've already done it. And I said, but it hasn't been turned in. Mm -hmm. And the assignment is not complete because it hasn't been turned in. And your action step two days from now is to turn that assignment in. Yeah. So this is something that you actually need to partner with the teachers on because it's a lot of extra steps for the teachers. So some teachers will just be super awesome and will let them submit work via a photo email. Yeah. Most teachers will say, go ahead and do it, but they need to turn it in physically. Yeah. And then we go ahead and send that email each time. The teacher doesn't have to acknowledge it, but it is our client's security deposit. For sure. It's their backup plan in case they forget to turn in the assignment or the assignment goes missing. I've had teachers who have said no. Me too. But I still have them take a picture. Me too. And just not do anything with it. Yep. Because if it comes up, 
then there's proof. There's evidence. Just like with Milkshake Girl, maybe this teacher made a mistake. I don't know. I don't know either way. But it does happen. We're all human, especially when we're juggling a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. So sometimes as a parent, if you're scared to ask the school or ask the teacher, and because I've talked to parents who are scared to ask those kinds of things, still take the picture. It doesn't hurt. As Rachel says, it's not slowing down your phone. (laughs) (laughs) I believe what my dad said is it's not going to slow down the car to bring you something. It's not going to slow the airplane down. If you're not sure about it, just bring it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to slow down the phone with one picture. Nope. And then would you also encourage them to have an album on their phone of assignments or you're just like, forget it. Don't even. I think that's almost extra work. I don't usually do that. Yeah. No, I just leave it there. Yep. All right, Steph, number three. Number three is Google Docs. Google Docs, if any of you aren't using it, you should be. Mm -hmm. Google Docs is how we write our outlines for this podcast. Mm -hmm. The thing about Google Docs that's amazing compared to Microsoft Word or Pages or any other writing tool (laughs) that is out there is that it automatically saves. I remember when I was a kid... I wrote a paper in school and it disappeared and there was no getting it back. Really? Yeah. On the early days of computering because I'm a little bit older than you. So Uh the fact that Google Docs automatically saves and you can reach it from anywhere. You can get it on a phone, on an iPad, on a computer. You can walk into to the Apple store. Which I have done when I'm waiting for something. I'm on a Google Doc writing. We're Mac people, in case you guys haven't noticed. But you could walk into a store where there's internet access or a library and get it if you need to. There's no excuse. Yeah. Google Docs is just a, a backup plan in itself. I'll also add, how many times have you opened up a client's computer and thousands of files just saved randomly on the desktop? And I have opened that up before. I mean, I know I've done it to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this needs to get organized because I cannot <laughs> function when your computer is organized. Notice how I can function, but it's okay. And it wasn't that bad, but it was not okay. good. <laughs> By the way, I'm constantly living in a world of what can I throw away? What can I organize? What can I stuff just rolled her eyes at me? I totally did, you guys. Whatever. It was better once you did it. And then you texted me a picture of it, and I was so happy. Isn't it worth it to do it to make me so happy, Steph? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. So when I do that and I open up the screen, I'm like, how do you function? And they search for everything. They just go to the search function, which I totally get because I do that too. But it's a terrible method because they don't know what they've named anything. Yeah, that's true. So when you do it in Google Docs, at least you have the chronology really, really easy to see when you did something. We work with students a lot on creating a system in their Google Docs, a folder for each class. And sometimes we make it more complicated. Sometimes we try to simplify it even more. It just depends on the student and what's going on in their lives. But Google Docs does not leave any excuse. Yeah. We also have to tell kids they cannot turn in an assignment simply by sharing it with their teacher, usually. Unless that's the explicit way of turning it in. I have had clients do that in the past. Well, I shared it with them. Mm-mm. It depends. It depends on your school. I've had schools where that's all you need to do. Yes. I've had schools where the document is originally shared and the teacher just goes in. Yep. And that's fine. I have other schools where they're using something like turnitin.com or eBackpack. Or you have to submit it through the portal. 
yeah, submitting it. There's all kinds of different ways. And different teachers do different things. I was just going to say it. One teacher could be fine with the Google Doc submit. Another could not. And it just depends on what works for them. You know, we're asking a lot of them to keep track of how everybody wants everything all the time. So it's good to remember and give them a little slack. You know, I've had some kids that have turned it in on the wrong thing before. Yeah. And they tried to do a good job and you can see that they turned it in on time, but it just didn't work out for them. So I think keep that in mind if there is a slip up. All right, Steph, what's our fourth tip for having a backup plan? We touched on this a little bit already, but always reviewing your portal, your calendar, and your papers weekly. I do this in session with clients, and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. We start with the calendar. We work towards the binder as we're getting into work. So every week, I had a kid ask me the other day, should I be doing this more often? (laughs) (laughs) I said, well... The goal is going to be how often do you think? And he just sort of looked at me and I said, I, the goal is to be doing this every day, but we're not there yet. He's, he's a newer client. So yeah. right now I'm just teaching him how to do it. I'm not expecting him to do it without me because he doesn't know how to do it without me yet. I would say for clients who are in the assessment and building phases of educational therapy, they are not doing that without us. No, they don't know how. And when they move over into competency and they've had enough rehearsal, Mm -hmm. suddenly you can tell that their planner has already been addressed and that their calendar has already been updated. And you can start to trust them when you say, hey, have you updated your calendar? And they say yes. By the way, the first time that that has happened, I can think of like two or three specific examples of clients when they've updated their calendar without me saying anything. Uh-huh. And it's like we do a happy dance in session. I had a client the other day say to me, I've updated my planner and I want you to know I have a test coming up in three weeks and I put it in my calendar on the day of the test. Nice. And I was like, come, let's have a hug. Let's hug it out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I had a high schooler come the other night and she said she opened up her planner and she said, I filled it out. Look, it's ready to go. And I said, hmm, it looks like there's not a lot in there. Are you sure that there's not some things that should be in there? And there's not more tests than what I see? And she, no, no, look, I put stuff in. She did, but not everything, right? Not everything. She didn't go deep enough. She did the surface stuff, the stuff that she just remembered off the top of her head. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's moving towards competency still. Absolutely. They are knowing that we are going to ask. It gets annoying to some of my clients. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And I literally will sit there quietly while they do what they need to do. I also have clients who really depend on that time. So yesterday I had a client who came in and she needed dividers. And it's not the dividers that I would prefer she uses, but this one teacher wants it done in a very specific way. And her dividers were really, really torn up from the first half of the year. And she's like, do you have more? And I randomly had them because I had just cleaned out another drawer and I found them. And I was like, do I keep these? I really don't want clients using them. I'm just going to keep them. And it literally had had that thought process three hours before seeing her. So she... Steph, you're going to laugh. She shows me her torn up dividers and looks at me and goes, I don't have to live like this. <laughs> oh, yes, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. For those of you who are new to the podcast, this is Rachel's mantra of the year. Mm-hmm. 
Of the last couple years, really, probably. Well, yeah, probably you're right. And people actually post stuff on her Facebook page saying, I don't have to live like this when something comes up. That's how deep this <laughs> this mantra has gone. I'm encouraging people to live their best life. So an example, I actually just posted on my private Instagram story last night. I don't know if you saw it. I said nothing. And it was just a picture of a nearly empty toothpaste. <laughs> exactly. And you don't have I to got live like, like this. seven or eight reply back and were simply like, you do not have to live like that. And I don't, I don't have to struggle to get the toothpaste out. I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where I don't do that anymore. As a college <laughs> student, I, I did that, Fair. but it is different now. So to have clients repeating it back to me now is I really feel like I need a sign for the office or something stuff that says, you do not have to live like this. I agree. I think it's great. <laughs> but how great was that? She just like, and she knew she was being funny. And she knew she was doing a callback. So it was how old is she? She's in tenth grade. Okay, I oh, love it. I, she is sassy and she is game for whatever. But she will give me death stares, and I'm like, just put your eyes away, and we're gonna do some <laughs> math. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna keep doing this, and you're gonna keep because she's very emotionally resistant to it, to doing math. Mm. And I'm like, just will you realize when we do it together in here, you are always going to understand it. Yeah. I'm never going to give you math to do independently that you're not going to understand. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. It was so funny when she said that. She has also been irritated by my deep dive on Top Chef as well because she really wants me to watch you on Netflix. Have you watched it? No. I had heard about this book several years ago, and I kind of feel like I want to read the book before watching the Netflix show. But let's be honest, I'll probably just watch the Netflix show. Yeah. And she every time she comes, have you watched you yet? Because she wants to talk about it with me. So now I'm going to have to go watch a TV show for her. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels, yeah. so many things, yeah. so many missed jacuzzi opportunities. Really? <laughs> for the record, that was highly unusual. I would normally pick the jacuzzi. <laughs> I wanted to defend my actions. It was, I'm not kidding. It was in the high 40s, low 50s, you guys. <laughs> and I have mad respect for you, Steph. You went and you did it and you're like, I'm living my best life, even if I have hi- get hypothermia. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it while I was in there. Good. <laughs> okay, what's the last thing? The last tip and one of our favorite backup plans is reading. We always encourage students when they're reading books with their classes at any age, they should be ahead of their classroom pace, meaning you do not have to be at the pace that your teacher has assigned. So if the teacher has said, read chapters two and three by Tuesday, we have an expectations of our clients that they've least read chapter four Yeah, because that is the first thing students do not do when the schedule goes awry. Right. And if you listen to episode 40, we talked about that with Meg Cunningham when her son was a chapter behind when he got back from Christmas break for a holiday break and he was behind a chapter and how upset he was. You don't have to always be a full chapter ahead. Sometimes they can just be read half a chapter ahead. You can always start with just adding 5% more than whatever the teacher has assigned and just being a little ahead because that aheadness, quote unquote, will grow and grow over Mm -hmm. the course of the book. Yeah. And that's your insurance policy in case you misunderstood that you were supposed to not read up until that chapter, but through that chapter. Right. And that language gets confusing for a lot of kids. I'm confused by it half the time. Yeah. The thing that becomes really important to tell your learner when they're doing this is they are not allowed to be a spoiler. Yes. 
They are not allowed to talk about something that has happened later in the book that other kids have not read yet. Yeah, that's totally fair. And the teacher won't like that either. No. And I told you what happened with me with Top Chef, right? I know that you spoiled it for yourself. I did. Season eight, I spoiled by mistake. Yeah. It was very upsetting. (laughs) So, and I think there's a lot of teachers that will say, don't go ahead. And I think this becomes this challenge of younger kids not wanting to do the wrong thing. And no, but my teacher said, but my teacher said. Yeah. So if you can partner with your teacher your child's teacher, to talk about why this might be helpful for your learner, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the child's teacher can pull the kid aside and say, it's okay, you can go ahead Yeah, as long as you don't spoil it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are major turning points in books and they may say to them, you can read up to this point, but do not go past it. And there are going to be times where your child is reading at pace with their peers. That's the whole point Yeah, is that if there needs to be a shift in the schedule, something has happened, let's say your child needs to read and your car battery died and you're sitting there and they don't have their book to read and you get home and it's dinner, bath, bed, and they don't have time to read, they're okay. Yeah. That's okay. It doesn't need to be an added stress. And that's one of those things that is very easy to get ahead on that can alleviate stress later down the line. It's so true. So Smarties, yesterday, just to give you a little insight about when we're recording, yesterday was our first office hours in our Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast Facebook group. Oh, right. Yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> a lot has happened this week yeah. for us. And I have to say, I personally really enjoyed it. It was fun to hang out out with you guys. So It was fun. We will be doing them on the first Thursday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right now, that is the time. It may change and evolve and shift as we play around with it to see if we can get more of you on there with us. We know not everybody is available at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, but you know what? Anytime we pick, somebody's not going to be available, right? It's true. But it's definitely the live is still up in the group, and you can go and watch it. And if you want to comment on it, Steph and I are on Facebook, and we are reading those things, and we are responding to you. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, We had a lot of questions about starting a private practice and becoming an educational therapist, which was really fun to share about. Yeah, it was. So Smarties, go join the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you're getting our emails because I think some funny ones are coming out. You can get that by signing up at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com and have a great week. Have a great week, Smarties.